Happy Thursday. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today in the fast lane with me is Nicole Magic. And first of all, I need to know, is someone born with a cool name like that? (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, or not? One was not born with this name. However, it was definitely given by others. Okay, I like it. I like it a lot. So I want to read actually from Nicole's uh, website because I don't want to botch anything um, that is on there because there's a lot of stuff. So obviously I had, this is how I came across Nicole. She is actually a friend of Kayla Dutton's who's also a friend of mine. And I saw that she had a class and it said, define, align and manifest your mastermind a 12 week uh, or Yeah, it was a mastermind class for 12 weeks and it had already passed. So I was unable to do it. Otherwise I would have signed up to do that. And so then I started looking into her and I thought, oh my gosh, there's so, so many cool things. So first of all, she, her speaking engagements, it says Nicole's talks are not lectures, but experiences and shifts that spark inspiration, healing, advanced leadership and action taking. So obviously I'm thinking I need to talk to this person because she sounds captivating. And then I see aura photography, which I actually had never heard of before. Want to know what color your energy is and what it all means. Now I have a question about auras, please. So if you are not in the same room as a person, can you still tell their aura? Yes. Okay. So like the people who listen just on the podcast, this will just be audio. So then our secret will be safe, but can you read my aura? But if my aura is bad, just blink twice really fast and then just tell me no. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There's no blinking. It's a funny thing when, let me just kind of like give you a little bit of of interesting fun facts on auras. We have uh, a lot of times people ask, does your aura change and all that stuff? And, you know, can you read auras um, in person, distance, that kind of thing? And it's a, it's more of that when I see it. If you're in front of me, I'm going to see it blatantly obvious. If I'm reading it from a distance, I'm reading the energy and converting that into what that means in your, in your aura. Our auras have a base pattern. So a base auric pattern is what I usually say is you know, your basic auric pattern, your baseline pattern. Um, they can change over time because we grow, we change our our energy changes over the course of time based off of what it is that we choose in our lives. Our aura is also influenced from external stimuli. Mm -hmm. So for example, if um, Kayla walked into the room right now for either one of us, we would probably light up and, you know, (laughs) embrace a nice hug and auras would just get expanding. And however we look at that, relationship is how our aura is going to change in that moment. So if there's a lot of love, if there's a lot of uh, positive energy, or we like to laugh a lot, right? So that energy might come in of that humor and and those kinds of things. So you, you might expand into the pinks or the yellows or those kinds of things that reflect those. Then 
as we settle down and get back into our own energy, that base auric pattern comes back into play. Okay. Also, because things, external stimuli are affecting our auras, we also have this thing where our stresses will have an effect in our aura first before they manifest in the physical. So I always say things manifest in the aura before they manifest in the physical, like the tension that we have in our backs, necks, shoulders, or wherever ailments. Um, so feeling into your auric field, you have a lot of high energy that's about you. You also hold a lot in your back, like right in the center of your back. That's where your tension is that I feel. Um, that high energy is, is, it brings in a lot of the action taking reds. So not stress reds, but this other, like a nice bright red with the orange that's in there that is all about, you know, positive direction, taking action in a positive way, and also that creativity. So there's a lot of creative energy that's around you. You also have the balancing intuitive side, which is the purples that are in there. So that comes in and also plays with the, the blues that are in there with your communication, the way that you communicate with others and the way that you can empathize with others. So you have a lot of empathic nature to you as well. So you can use that empathy and that intuition to best help and then move things along and motivate others, which goes right back to that red and that orange. Cool. Because the first time I've ever heard about this is I had a patient and they told me they had a chiropractor once that whenever they would walk into the room, they would tell them like their aura. And I was thinking, well, sorry to disappoint you because I can't do that for you, you know? So I thought that was very fascinating. So I am very interested to know that. So when you're talking about being an empath, and I have asked people this question before, a lot of people, I was in denial about being an empath because I would see, and I had accepted the fact like, yes, I'm an empath, but then I would see so many people post things about the problems with being an empath or, you know, like negative sides of it. And then I was like, no, I am not that because I am not going to let that you know, be who I am, or I'm not going to take on someone's emotions so much that it's going to bring me down. What do you have to say about, uh, about that? Ah, yes. So a lot of times, let me, let me say this, I'll start off by saying this, that, you know, 87% of what we think, see, hear, say is negative. And greater than 95% of what we do is subconscious. So when we look at that side of things, it's like, oh my God. And then, and the, the subconscious is 1000 times more powerful. Than us. So when we're looking to change the way we do things, that's why we kind of always run and then we slam into the wall and get set back because we end up going right back into the subconscious patterns because our consciousness, our conscious will has like a, very short battery life. If we're operating solely on that to get past that space, we'll never make it. So there are other things that would have to be done in order to do that. And so 
knowing that all these negative factors is what people focus on consciously and subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like a setup for failure. When we look at those 12 things that tell you, you know, 12, 12, (laughs) uh, the list of 12 things that, that make you an empath and, and you see, oh my God, you're overwhelmed with everybody else's thoughts and feelings and, and all this stuff that can happen. Yes. But what we want to take a look at is how to become a balanced empath, (laughs) because then it's an empowered empath and somebody who can then empower others instead of being in this place of being a victim empath, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody else's stuff is always happening to me. No, we don't want to be a victim. We Mm -hmm. want to take control of our own, and and I use the word control very loosely because I don't really (laughs) like that word, but people understand what taking control means. And so you kind of take command of your own life and you can become empowered as an empath because, hey, look, I can feel what you're feeling. So I can now relate. We need to learn as empaths how to keep that stuff as separate and identify where it's coming from. And then now it becomes a superpower because I know this person is feeling angry and I know that they're not angry at me and I don't need to feel like I'm angry at anybody or not knowing why I feel angry. We can now say, this person feels angry. How can I help? What can I say to that person to maybe diffuse or give them a better day or just say something that can enlighten them, inspire them, motivate them in a different direction. So that's really what an empath is all about is really harnessing the superpowers of an empath and not only enriching your own life, but those around you. I love that. And I love that you said subconscious because I just, I just finished a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And I don't know if you've read it, but it's, it talks about how we do the same things day in, day out, day in, day out. And that really isn't helping anyone. And so I started to do, and tell me if this is ridiculous, because I need to know every day we do the same thing. I get up, I ride my bike, I do X, Y, and Z. I drive the exact same route to take my kid to daycare, blah, blah, blah. I stop that now. I do, I, it's like, I do way different things in the morning. So I drive different routes to daycare or today I'm going to stop and get a coffee or I'm going to take a shower at this time. And today I didn't even ride the bike. And even my husband said, well, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, well, I was just going to do some other stuff. And I said, I'm not going to ride the bike this morning. And he's like, really? But I thought I've got to change it up. I'm doing the same things all the time. And it's like pretty soon I'm just going to close my eyes and be on autopilot because I do the same thing every day. How important is it for us to not do the exact same thing every single day of our lives? Oh, that is such a great, great question. And I'm glad that you brought that up because this is, um, it's fun when you just kind of have a conversation like this, right? And anything yes. comes up and it's so much fun to, to see where a conversation will go. Uh, that routine stuff, there are two things. We need routines to create uh, certain levels of um, commitments to ourselves. So there's that. Then there are the routines, like you're saying, the driving, um, doing things at certain times that might be exciting to mix it up. So there's there are two pieces to this where 
there are the routines that are good for us. And then there are the routines that we are robotic, right? So what you're addressing here and asking about, I think here is more of that robotic stuff that keeps us in the subconscious loop. Mm -hmm. Because when we're driving, we do the same route every day. How long in that drive are we actually conscious? Right. Because like, if you're driving somewhere, like there's, there's a strip of road here. That's very common. It's highway 52. It's from Belva to Minot. And there's so many times, like I'll be driving and all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, I'm already to Sawyer. I don't even remember going by X, Y, and Z. And it's not that I'm not paying attention to the road, but is that something common too? When we do something so often, like I didn't black out, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's just that you don't even remember everything that's going on. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it goes back to what I mentioned about greater than 95% of what we do is subconscious. We are constantly in these subconscious loops and it really deduces down to about 14 minutes of an entire day. You are actually doing things consciously in the norm. What? Yeah. On average. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Isn't like, that nuts? Like what so, a waste of time. I know. So we have to train ourselves to be conscious. So if we train ourselves to be more conscious when we're doing things, like I, I love to put the word conscious before mostly everything, right? Conscious eating. If you can take a, a minute to a minute out of your dinner to con to have conscious eating or conscious communication I talked about in my membership group today is about conscious communication. What are the styles? What is it to, to be conscious of how you're speaking to someone, how you engage someone, uh, commitments, agreements, all those things. Uh, conscious leadership I talked about in a podcast recently and it was, it's about really, you know, engaging people, including people, and also being conscious about your thoughts, your feelings, your, your behaviors, what you're doing as a leader. Are you actually leading or are you blame gaming and doing all these things that are more subconscious mm -hmm. under, like not in that space that is in encouraging and empowering a team as a leader. So when we get into that space of the routines, are we being conscious about things? So it may not necessarily be that you have to change things up versus just being more aware of what you're doing, what you're thinking during those times and just bringing your consciousness back. It's just like meditating. Our thoughts go all over the place when we start to meditate and we have to bring ourselves back to thinking of nothing or being in, the, in that present space and then we'll wander off again because our subconscious is taking over and we bring ourselves back to that present what is powerful about breaking up routines that you have in which you are being robotic in is that you're doing it you're consciously doing something at a different time you're taking a different route I used to do that all the time I had all these different routes I used to take to my old job because it was like, now I can invite myself to be more conscious. Like I'll look for all the things that are orange 
I'm kind of conscious about where I'm driving, what's around me, and that kind of thing. So you can break it up while still staying inside that typical routine. Um, and, and yet bringing that awareness, it's all about bringing the awareness of what you're doing, what you're thinking, what is going on with you so you can develop a deeper relationship with yourself. Does that answer everything? <laughs> it does. And when you said conscious eating, it makes me think of how many times I have said, or someone I've been with has said, I don't know why I ate that. I wasn't hungry. You just, because that you just do it because it's in front of you or whatever. So you're subconscious. Right. And you, you know, what's food. funny is, yeah, it's funny. Cause you know, have you ever had that moment where you were eating something and you ate it all and you're going to finish it. You go to finish it and you're like, wait a minute, did I, did I finish? I, I actually ate the rest of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you totally didn't even realize what you were doing. You were just doing this, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I really feel like my mind is expanding and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So also then I have another question about that. So if, if we're doing any, everything pretty much on autopilot, I have noticed within myself, if I am singing and I like to sing really random things, like maybe just a sentence to my child, or if I'm talking to my cat, if I am singing I, and maybe this is where um, people are going to shut the podcast off because they think Sarah has gone off the rails, but I feel a little more fulfilled. It's almost like I have bubbles. Like if I'm singing and whatever, I just kind of feel like the energy's on and everything's moving. And then there will be periods of time that I do not sing at all. I am all business and it is, let's get this done and whatever. But when I have that more like singing and bubbling actual feeling, I mean, it's not indigestion either. Okay. It is like, an, it's a feeling. Is that more when I am in my subconscious mind, like, cause I'm thinking more and I'm, instead of being so serious, would, would, is that a, is that a, a sign that I'm using more of my brain or am I reading too much into this? I, that was a lot I to digest into that with your question for you in particular, it, to me, um, and, you know, correct me if, if I am misinterpreting or misfeeling this out, but I feel like that is more when you're in tune with more of that playful side of you. I mean, Everybody has different aspects to themselves that we can be all business and we can be, you know, playful and, and all that stuff. And then everywhere in between. But it seems to me more of that when you're in your mode of being playful and not just that, but tunes, tones, songs, vibrations, they all speak to and through us. So what you're doing is you're really incorporating uh, your voice, your throat chakra, your what it is that you're trying to communicate in a playful way. And it's in alignment with you in your to your core. So mm -hmm. you have a sensation that rises up through your body as bubbly because it feels good. It's positive And you're, you're not only feeling it, acknowledging it, you're also releasing it and sharing it. Okay. 
And that was shut down. I can, I literally know the moment that was shut off for me. Like, isn't that weird? And it was in 2000. <laughs> so it's such a weird thing. I mean, it was there every now and then, but it was almost like hidden. But it's like lately it's really been back. And so everyone that's around me is really blessed with my musical talent. Yay. <laughs> okay, so I love that we uh, dug into that. But now my question is with uh, like with that class you had, it talked about manifesting. And I think that I think that people really overlook the word manifest. And I can think of I suppose if I sat down, I could think of more, but three off the top of my head, I can think of three things in particular that I manifested in my life. And my husband and I talk about this all the time. And he always says, you always say those three things. I said, I say those three things because you know that those three things are true. Like you can say, oh yeah, you, yeah, you're right on that. So how important, well, first of all, can you explain manifesting? Because I don't think that this is a common term for people at all. Yes. So when we manifest somebody, somebody, when we manifest something or somebody, <laughs> we are calling something into existence is really what that is. And when we're calling something into existence, there's a process to get there and accept it. So uh, a full manifestation is really creating through our thoughts, all the way through our actions and behaviors, to create it into reality. So there is a process that goes along with that to really hone in on that. And it can be super easy or it can be super hard. It all depends on what you think it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and this is more than, um, this is more than a passing thought. Like this isn't like you're just, you're thinking of something random and then it happens. This is something that you are thinking about in a positive, well, it doesn't have to be positive because I think you can manifest negative things as well. But is this something, like do you encourage people do like a, a board, like a dream board or something where they're really looking at something or thinking about something um, real frequently? Yes, you can. Visualization is a huge component once you have other things in place as well. So visualization is not the be all end all. However, that visualization is really important. Like if you have a vision board, dream board, whatever it is that you want to call it, you, I, I'm looking at mine across the way. I always put it where I spend the most time. So I spend a lot of time at my, at my desk in my office and I have it right there that, um, in the way that I use it, I not only meditate on it and reflect on it in the morning when I'm doing some stuff and, and really setting my intentions for the day and, and all of that and being grateful and, and doing those things. But also when I'm doing the hard stuff that I don't really want to do in my business, it may be some things that oh, I don't really enjoy this part, but it's part of being in business. And when I sit here and I can just put my gaze up at that vision board. That's why I'm doing this. So now I want to do this and get it done. And I use it as a motivating factor to 
complete the actions, complete the steps, because that's what's at the end is all of those things that I have set my intention on to creating in my life and putting into my reality. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So <laughs> we do have a board like that. that and you have something up there that, um, you're envisioning or you're dreaming about when you reach that goal, do you take it off your board? I actually started to create a list on the back side. So I have the front side and the back side. And I've started to either um, put a little check mark on it or add it to the back as to what happened. I'm keeping track of different things because there are some things that are up there that is more of a generalization. And on the back, I'm keeping track so that I can look at the list of things that apply to that one word or a phrase that at the end of the year. So I'm doing something a little bit more detailed and different with Ooh. my board this year because I have some big things on it and it. big things are happening. So <laughs> I love it. So I... I have, a, I have a list of things that I was going to ask, but I just kind of let this conversation go because like where we were wanted to go, because you had mentioned a few things I really liked, but I, w I do want to ask one thing. Do you think, um, how about dreams? Do dreams have any meaning? Is that our subconscious or are dreams just very random? <sighs> so our dreams have different flavors to them, if you will. And uh, I have these different categories of dreams that they have very different feelings for me. So some are very prophetic, some are messages. Uh, some are just releases of various energies and things like that. But yes, I believe that dreams have significant meaning and they can be prophetic and intuitive, or they can just be a release and be that random, just random thoughts that are just sifting out and just releasing. So if you have a lot of uh, emotional stuff that's going on, your brain's going to start trying to release that, that, and it might do it in various ways within your dreams, whatever that means um, for you personally. So dream interpretation is very personal for the dreamer to uncover. Um, one of my friends, David Barr, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, um, I call him the, my guru of the dreams and dream world and, and a bunch of other things too. But he is so super knowledgeable about dreams and intuition and, and bringing those worlds together, uh, how to meet your guides and, and things like that. So, uh, Yes, your dreams can be complicated, but they can also be very simple. And when we are able to tap into the meanings of our dreams for what it means to us, uh, David kind of, you know, he also teaches and I use the same phrasing too, is if somebody asks me about their dream and what do you think? It's, well, if it was my dream, I would interpret it this way because I would interpret it that way for me. Mm -hmm. And whether you can take that or not, that's up to you, whether it means something to you or sometimes that just sparks somebody to go down the trail of, oh, what, what it does mean to them, whether it's the same 
or different, or I can take this piece or this piece. So dream interpretation is extremely intimate to the dreamer. So what about people who do not remember their dreams ever? Uh, they might be just uh, not having the right sleep cycle. So I would suggest that if you have issues remembering your dreams, maybe you're just not getting into the space where you're having uh, a full cycle so that when you wake up, you're remembering them or you're not waking up in that space. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you're just, you're, you're not remembering your dreams. If you put your intention as to, okay, tonight I will remember my dream and you start to tell yourself that you will, you then start training yourself to come into that space so you can. It takes a little while sometimes, or it can happen very quickly. It all depends on the person. So keep, keep practicing. Cool. Okay. So you have a background in biology, chemistry, metaphysics, and finance. That is a lot. Yes, it is a lot. You're very educated and you are an alchemist. And the only thing I have, I know about an alchemist is I read the book, The Alchemist. So do you want to give us a little background on you and, and how you got to do what you do? Yes. So really what that comes down to is I've, I've always been interested in biology, chemistry, metaphysics, quantum physics, alchemy, like that whole thing. And there's a whole um, side of things that when you look at my background and my just me growing up, seeing, feeling energies, spirits, and auras and all of that stuff. Fast forward into my adult years and being a scientist and a chemist, people would call me the alchemist when they knew I had these metaphysical gifts that I embrace, right? Everybody has the abilities. I embraced my abilities. And so people would start calling me, oh, there's the alchemist over there, because it was kind of funny that I'm a chemist, but I'm also into metaphysics and quantum physics, and oh, therefore, I must be the alchemist. Well, I've always been interested in alchemy as well, and really the alchemy of, of alchemy is a transformation, right? And when we look at it metaphorically, um, and then in, bring that into our world, versus really changing lead into gold. When we work on doing things that transform us into a positive growth and, and bring in the, our desires and bring that into conscious reality, we are doing an alchemy of our life. We are doing an alchemy of our thoughts and our emotions and our body, mind, soul, all that stuff where we're shifting our reality. So it's the alchemy of life. And I call myself the empowerment alchemist because when we learn how to erase negative sabotaging beliefs that we hold subconsciously, when we can erase those permanently we can then build a new foundation that supports our growth, that supports our alignment, 
in our truth, passion, and purpose, and allows us to create the reality that we've always wanted, but never felt we could ever attain because of those beliefs. Okay, so how do you, which I, I like that, so how do you help people? Like, Let's find out how people can reach you and how you can help people live their fullest life. And I do think that people, um, sometimes when I talk about this with some people, they will mock the idea of manifestation and living your best life. And well, then everyone should just be rich. And no, I mean, not everyone's manifestation or not everyone's best life is to, you know, swim in gold, like Scrooge McDuck, you know, sometimes maybe if it's having a cafe or you're just having financial freedom, or maybe you don't have to go to a job that you don't like every day, it is different for everyone. So there, there is no magic formula for people to, you know, um, get rich quick. And that, that is not the purpose of this, right? Right. That is, that isn't the purpose of it because not everybody's reality and, and desired reality is going to be the same. Actually, it's going to be very, very different from each other because it all depends. Uh, if we look at it in terms of abundance, everybody is entitled to abundance. Absolutely. Everybody deserves abundance, but ask one person what abundance means and ask another one, ask a hundred people, you are going to get something different if you really hone in on what that means. Mm -hmm. And that's really what, you know, there is somewhat of a formula to attaining your desires. And that's really what I do in the define, align, and manifest your desire is I take them through a formula that works to get them into that space of creating the reality of abundance in whatever capacity that means for them, because it could be abundance in love. Yeah. That means the most. It could be abundance in money. Great. And you can have that too, if that's what you want. It could be just abundance in, you know, having experiences, and, it, and that doesn't mean you need a ton of money to have those experiences either. So it's just how, what does that mean for each individual? Some people it's manifesting, you know, the VW van to travel cross country that's been converted into, you know, the, the hippie RV, whatever it is, it's okay. It's whatever you want. I know people that want to, that want to live in the lap of luxury. I, I know people that prefer to, you know, go camping across country and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it depends on what it means. So what does abundance mean for you? Uh, people can connect with me through my website or through my best place is if you want freebies to go to my member vault. <laughs> so it is magic spelled M-A-J-I-K-L-L-C dot V-I-P member And that's where you can get my freebies. And uh, you can also um, see some of the define your desire mastermind that's there. Um, I'm adding more stuff to the member vault. So I'm, I'm actually converting into that for my membership as well. So there's a lot of things that will be popping up in there, all products, services, and programs. You can also see my website, magicllc.com. 
again, spelled M-A-J-I-K-L-L-C. And you can reach me through email through my website as well. So that's how you can find me on Facebook too. It's Magic LLC. And on Instagram, it's Nicole underscore Magic, M-A-J-I-K. Wonderful. Well, I love how you are living your best life and how you're encouraging others to live your be- their best lives because that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. And Sarah, you had mentioned the Define, Align, and Manifest Your Desire Mastermind. And yes, we are uh, entering week six into this this round and there will be another one in the fall. So I will be opening up a wait list um, in about a week or so, a week to 10 days for the next one. So if you would like to be included or anybody else would like to be included on that, you can just send me a message and I would be happy to get you on the wait list so that you can get the information. And also we could do a discovery call to see if it is a right fit. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole, for sharing all the things today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It was such a great experience and a pleasure to communicate with you and your people. All right. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.